0: <laughs> I am uh, curious, you know, one of the places I want to start is, uh, uh, I thought, um, you know, we had a conversation, you and I, about uh, calling you appropriately as Miss Blasa, uh, and uh, and I do know, you know, in your lineage and in your tradition, there's grandmother, uh, there's the Miss, like, can you talk a little bit about this, and, uh, and what that represents, and the <laughs> formality of it?
1: Yes, and the formality of it. Let's start there. Um, the formality really came about in the beginning with Grandmother Chu and Lonnie San as the founders of the philosophy of universal beingness within the whole. And out of respect, all of us were called Miss or Mr. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One is a cultural difference. So, both native and uh, Anglo being coming together. And in our society, energetically as a dominant society, um, we tend to be less formal, we tend to be um, more assuming. And so the slowing down through language uh, began. And so there was time and space for each individual to be acknowledged and with that, uh, acknowledgment a proper title. So uh, Miss and Mister uh, stays with all of us, no matter what. And more recently, um, well, let me back up. So uh, when I first met to Moonwalker, she was Miss Too. And uh, along the way, then she, what we call, earned that grandmother's status, if you will. Um, out of her service, out of her uh, age as well. And after her passing, then Miss Lani and I continued and were that until last year. And Miss Lani also earned her grandmother blessing, if you will. So she's Grandmother Lani-san. And I'm still Miss yep. blossom.
0: So just to be clear, uh, you know, just getting older doesn't necessarily bring you to a status of, of grandmother. Grandmother is something that is a blessing that's also passed on to you. In your church, yes. is what you're saying? It's
1: both. It's both. So traditionally, um, you would need to be sixty two ish in order to even be considered uh, in the grandmother category. So you could be grandmother physically, like having literal children or carry that energy of grandmothering, nurturing, fostering others, Mm -hmm. and and many. So grandmother carries many fosters, many children. And that's not just humans, that's fostering the earth, that's fostering life, all the creatures.
0: Mm -hmm. And when did you meet uh, grandmother too? How long ago was that?
1: Um, And I'm sure that many of you can relate to this. So, in around 1986, 1987, I was studying dream work. And grandmother, too, whom I did not know, had never met her in the physical, came to me in my dreams. And uh, within a short period of time, I would say relatively short of the dreams and physically meeting her, Uh, It took me a while to figure out that she was a woman in my dreams and once I addressed that with her, then she acknowledged that, yes, i had been looking for her for quite some time. So, um, a 24-year-old, 24 years of relationship with her um, and studying with her, helping her in her living and in her dying process was my commitment. So, she passed nine years ago now and um, she is not available on the inner planes for people. Um, so if people go looking for her, I don't know who they're gonna find, <laughs> but it may not be her.
0: Wow, and uh, and what is uh, the lineage that she was passing on or teaching? I, I think there's a couple of different paths that sort of came together in her. So I don't know, yeah. can we talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so Grandmother too was uh, raised uh, in the Southwest on a reservation, and she was trained by her grandmother and her father also was in the medicine way. And Moon Walker was the lineage of what she was trained in and committed to continue. Um, A little caveat about that, certainly in her Uh, modern time. Uh, She was asked to teach those that came in in sincerity and uh, really the emphasis was on and continues to be on our relationship with Mother Earth. So she taught many many people in her time and maintained that status. In Early on when I met her she also had uh, Lani San, that was not her name at the time, that became her official apprentice and um, she and I together uh, continued to be in studies as did several others within our community stay with her. So Moonwalker was passed on to Lani San and she earned in our way it's an earning it's not whether someone likes you it's not your personality it's not if you're the most beautiful or talented it's if you can commit to do the work and it's not uh easy um and miss Lonnie passed all of her tests and hence earned earned the moonwalker name so she carries that today Mm -hmm. wow that's beautiful and then she carries the as a lineage holder. So sometimes that can be separate. You can earn the name Moonwalker, but that doesn't mean that you would necessarily hold the lineage, but she has done both and continues to do both.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, That sounds like a beautiful thing and- Yeah. Uh, you know, wonderful that it's gonna continue. Um, uh, the two of you are, would you be the, uh, the two elders in the, in the lineage at this time or are there others? Do I have that right?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, There, so it would, there's only one moonwalker at a time that carries that specific name. Yes, there are others of us that are considered luna, meaning in support of a moonwalker, and there are several, yes, that support that. In terms of the teachings of the lineage, uh, Grandmother Lani and I are the main teachers And then there are a few others that have come along and hold that status as well. Mm
0: -hmm. So I guess what I'm wondering is, uh, does does it feel like you guys are, I guess in a sense, well established that you have the community around you to keep this going for the next generation and maybe more after that?
1: That's you my- know, that's kind of been the million-dollar question in many ways. It's a very unusual tradition and um, not easily on uh, those of us raised in an Anglo society. Um, so, several times, even when Grandmother Two was alive, we had to let go of the idea that there may not be those that could carry it on. It's not an easy life. There are many... Um, and i don't want to call them sacrifices but you you just live a different life right so at this point yes can the whole go what
0: i wanted some examples of what that different life is can you give us a couple of examples
1: mhm um, just for myself so when i first met grandmother two i actually met her in denver and then she moved to new mexico and the time when she moved, then I made a commitment to travel to New Mexico once a month to be with her, study with her, work with her, um, and help her and all of those things. And I did that for 15 years. And then I moved there and was with her. And then I moved back to Colorado still going down once a month at least, oftentimes more than that. So what that lends to is typically not much social life. Hmm. My family understood. I did not see them very often. Uh, My whole focus was on um, what was required of me in order to learn, experience, share, uh, not that I was out to pass tests, but that's what happens, right? And, and honestly, and enjoy quite a life, but very, very different than my normal social status, if you will. Yeah.
0: And uh, so you, uh, in your tradition, I think on a on a on a regular basis, you are connecting and communing with uh, Mother Earth and uh, spending time in nature. Right. Uh, uh and and i would say you have a relationship with the earth mother that's quite intimate and uh would you agree yes you said that that's well said yes that's so with what's going on you know this is perspectives on the pandemic i'm curious from your perspective you know uh a couple things you know uh i guess um you know, have you noticed a difference? You know, we're hearing so much about the, the restoration of the earth, right? The air in California and, you know, all of these different things that are happening right now. Um, have you noticed a difference in when you connect with the Earth mother in a sacred ceremony or in a sacred circle?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I do a lot of teaching of what I call taking care of the sensitive self and in uh doing that it is about the human learning those parts of us that are sensitive and actually in relationship with the earth and her creatures and since the big pause as they call it um yes i personally can feel her energy i can hear her uh, voices uh, the birds the animals and i can sense uh, vibration differently and any of the sensitives i speak with they are so glad that we have a pause because they too can feel their own sensitivity and heartfulness deeper and deeper with mother earth so yes absolutely
0: so if you're a sensitive who maybe isn't uh hasn't been as in tune with the fact that you're sensitive and that that's really about not just a sensitive being a sensitive person but right. actually being connected maybe with nature and right. intuition and the cosmos in a different way you know if you haven't necessarily uh had a lot of experience with that you know i think for a lot of those people they're still they're experiencing that heightened awareness now but they're also experiencing it in conjunction uh with a lot of anxiety or you know you know and even though in some ways there's that like, oh, the pause, like there's this, I do think a lot of people have found a little bit of an exhale there, but also uh oh shit, where are we going? You know, <laughs> it's dealing with that other side of it, you know? Any recommendations or things you would, would say that they could do and, and are there ways, you know, one that always comes to me, of course, is connect with nature, you know? It would be, what a great time to do that, but like, if you're a city dweller, any recommendations of how a city dweller might even connect with nature or whatever else you might add to that?
1: Certainly, so, Um, First of all, having awareness of uh, maybe you're a little extra auditory sensitive or visual sensitive or kinesthetic sensitive. So having those awarenesses and even if you can't get outside, if you have plants in your house, if you have rocks or shells, still that's nature. And even though they're inside, doesn't mean that those beings have lost their original Matrix makeup, right? If you can and you can get out to do walks, um, it doesn't take much. So be next to trees. You know, the old phrase of be a tree hugger, but definitely have some sort of awareness there. Um, so you can adapt to that, but what you tune into is first yourself about uh, what you're sensing, feeling, hearing tasting oftentimes people taste and smell things differently and secondly of the energy the sight the texture of nature itself whether you actually touch or you can just sense or feel that then with your breath use that inhale and exhale to exchange which we do naturally but now that we are slowed down that oxygen, carbon dioxide exchange with plants can bring us pretty quickly into a centered place that we realize, oh, we are in relationship at all times with the greater whole. Now that doesn't necessarily exclude humans, but it certainly includes more nature than perhaps we carry with us on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So first self, then exchange, Then self again to check in for, Oh, how does this sense feel? Can I be one more thing feel? And we can talk about this safe in my own beingness, at least for a moment, at least for a moment. And oftentimes that helps with some of the fear and anxiety of what comes next.
0: So if I can be safe in one moment, right? i hand that back to you then what
1: so in that safe for one moment it can quiet the mind slow down the breath and you can feel the earth under your feet again mm-hmm. so traditionally as life uh, included that whole circle of life and death. And that was just the way life was. It wasn't life is over here and then you get to the end. It was a whole circle cycle and life death was around us. So here we are with life death being around us. In those moments, if we can acknowledge that our spirits are safe, Our bodies are planted and our emotions are the ones that have um, material that's been presented that is not normal every day. So being more heightened and aware of the emotions, yes, get going, but that's not the fullness of who we are. So body, spirit, grounded, breath, just in a moment.
0: Well, and what I love about that is, you know, I think we try to, uh, especially when we're feeling anxious or out, we, we try to get safe again and we try to hold on to it, right? I want to just feel calm or I want to be this. And we, we tend to grab, right? Like, like drowning, grabbing for something to, We tend to do the same thing in our anxiety. Uh, And what I love about what you're saying is I think the key is getting safe in a moment and then just trying for the next moment. Not trying to get to the place where you're grabbing on to safety, but like, okay, one moment, one moment, one moment. And and it's about, I mean, of course, that's bringing us back into the present, which is where we're safe and whole. Uh,
1: yes and that's a lovely way to put that is one moment and one moment and it doesn't guarantee that all the moments will be consecutive but we can at least work with that yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: so we're coming um let's see so we're coming into uh we're in the spring season which is really uh you know it's the eastern gate of the medicine circle Uh, and you know, I was just wondering if you would talk a little about this season, you know, in relationship to this. So, uh, as far as we know, um, uh, this pandemic, you know, the, the, this COVID-19 really released and started out there in like November. Right. I think that that's what we think, yeah, of course, we don't know how, whether or not there has been before that or not, but, uh, but it was in the, uh, the season of winter. You know and now we're coming through this we've been home for a while and we're in this spring season you know any way to sort of look at this in our relationship to what's happening right now in relationship to this you know eastern sector of the medicine circle in the the spring season
1: energetically? yeah <clears> there's <throat> another practice for us okay are asking about that so in our springtime of newness um mm-hmm. And we've all been inside and going inside, both literally in our surroundings and then hopefully internally. There have been little thoughts or maybe feelings or awarenesses. So those are beginning of seeds. And here we are in springtime when we can plant those seeds. So a practice that I love very much is that every morning, if we just get up and we face the east and we allow the rising sun now some not everybody gets up at dawn i understand that and when that sun comes up in the east for us to take again one of those moments of allowing the light into the eyes a light into the heart a light around the body and the inspiration which is what spring brings listen to the robin sing listen to The waters run a little more, the streams, if you can hear them, or if you're close by, turning into rivers, right? So that springtime and that inspiration for newness. So it's a high time of creativity for humans. Nature itself will continue to create because that's what it does we the humans can be creative in a positive way or a not so positive way but the energy itself remains the same it is inspirational creative it is new doesn't mean it forgets the old wisdom right knowledge from the past but it has opening to see what is possible coming next yeah
0: that's beautiful. Uh, you know, in, uh, uh, I think in, uh, most indigenous cultures, uh, mm-hmm. because of the, the, both because of the tribal nature of, of the cultures. Um, so you were intimately connected to your community, you know, not just your isolated in your family, but then your family in the community. Yeah. Um, but also because you were also, uh, you know, for most indigenous cultures, again, you were also seen as, as a member of, of, of those of, that make up the Earth Mother, you know, you weren't separate. It wasn't humans and then everything else. Right. It was the Earth Mother and all of her inhabitants and animals and life forms of which we were a part of. You know, so there's this always this community perspective, and um, and I think because of that, a lot of those cultures they really move from a place of service. You know, and I, I just in knowing you, I see you as uh, it's it's interesting. You know, even with the formality, and, and you were talking about you know Miss Two and and uh, you know Miss Lane and uh, and sort of that. So many, so many uh, spiritual groups or different, even different people from different lineages that I've connected to. A lot of that has come with ego in the past that I've experienced. And one of the things I've never experienced is that from you. I always have experienced something that I felt very heart-centered and loving, and really about you know about you know all of us sort of elevating ourselves into a sacred connection. Um, so, so, but all of those things within it, right, where my question was leading, uh, with of service is, so even in, you know, as, as Ms. Blossom in your community, you're of service. So my question would be in this time of spring and creativity, uh, how important is it to also maybe direct some of that towards being of service in whatever way we can be, you know, thinking in terms yeah. of being of service, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that, um, the story that I'll share with you. I have, um a young, young man, student that uh, is very connected to the plants. And when the pandemic first came and he felt that rush of panic, um, he woke up at 1.30, 2.30 in the morning, took himself out to the desert and sat with the plants and asked them how he could help, right? So I share that with you. I feel that if all of us were to, um, and it's a practice, I don't know whether everyone can do it, but we could all effort, you know, if you have a plant, if you have a stream, if you have a creature, if you have connection to beaver, if you have connection to bigger, could be eagles, could be the herons, ask them how you can help, okay? ask Mother Earth herself, sit your butt on the Earth and just feel her and ask, how can I help? How can I use what I'm supposed to do, which our purpose as humans, as I understand it, is to affect change in a positive way. So in our sacred task, if we don't know what to do, but we can have enough humility to check in with a rock and feel it and sense something back. I'm not invested if it's right or wrong. It's more about, oh, what did you experience and can you follow that? If you need some help deciphering, there are people like yourself. There are many people to ask about, what do you think about that? What does this mean? You can get there, right? Yeah.
0: I also think it helps if you start with first, you know, always I'm, I'm really big on connect with your own heartbeat
1: uh,
0: and connect with your heart. And then uh, from your heart, ask her mother from this. And I think anybody who does this with sincerity and, and takes the time to really, you know, if they don't know how to just connect or ground inside, literally just feel your heartbeat physically and find your heartbeat and, and be with that. And then, then be with the earth and, uh, and you'll make a connection that will just, it will happen organically because that's who we are uh, yeah.
1: yes yeah thank you for making those connections because i don't know everyone and what their practices are but that's yeah. exactly right yeah. yeah well and
0: i think what i love about that is you don't have you know it doesn't matter what your practice is what your religion is right we all we all started with our, our first heartbeat and we're going to end with the last so at least in this physical form so uh it's, it's a it's a it's an easy way to share it doesn't require a tradition
1: Use what we have, right?
0: (laughs) Use what we have, you know. So do you think, uh, and uh, and within your community, has there been any talk about, like, you know, is this pandemic, you know, Earth Mother speaking back to us? Is it, you know, uh, do you think it's a reset, as people talk about? Do you think it's, you know, um, slap on the butt and get your shit together, humanity? I mean, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, or do you think it's just, us and, and something that we really participated in creating and, and it somehow is separate from the earth I'm just curious any sort of if you have any perspectives on that at all.
1: Yeah, probably several mm-hmm. uh, and and not to be a, a rude <laughs> back to you Mr. Asa <laughs> but this is what grandmother two would say which is go sit on the earth and ask her right mm-hmm. go sit on the earth and ask her what this is about for her, right? Right. Separate from, oh, what is this about for human? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone said this to me, um, that they felt like Mother Earth was sending us all to our rooms to have us think about what we've done. Now, I don't quite attribute to that. It's like, oh, yes, we've had time and space to think about what we are going to do. Yes, we are part of that whole. Yes, we have contributed. The Earth herself naturally is in a phase of, a phase of change. We just happen to amplify it with our numbers. So here's the amplification of a natural phenomena anyway. Yep. And that's from my acknowledgement of Mother Earth. So here we are as the humans oh yes how can i not just think of something of how i might change to contribute more harmony and balance or help maintain this pause and this sensation of more than enough time and more than enough space how can i take an action to help that you know um for myself this pause this is the first time in 30 years I've ever been home more than two months. I'm now home six months. Long time for me. Yes. So Huge awareness of how much I drive, how much I travel, what the cost is to the environment, for me to go places to teach, etc. So yes, will that be changing? Yes. Oh, will it be uh, less than? I don't know. Will it be helpful? Hopefully. So all of us get to to ask those questions. What are my actions going to be, right?
0: Yeah, and I I personally don't really ever think of the universe, or the cosmos, spirit, source, Earth Mother, whatever manifestation the the case may be, as yeah. uh, as punishing us. You know, I always think of it as uh, I always say that, You know, the cosmos is is you know all the way back to the origins of, of the beginning of time. You know, the universe is always seeking balance. You know, the Earth is always seeking balance. When we're dealing with the body and the health, it's always seeking um, balance. Uh, and so, uh, so I think in something like this, sending us home, it's it's not a it's not a you know think about what you've done and we're gonna head. It's it's you know how do we bring balance? How do we restore harmony to this? And and the Earth is also not just sending us home to think about that and connect with that in our own hearts, But also demonstrating how quickly she is able to rebalance, you know, in in spite of uh, so much that we've inflicted, you know, as humans on the planet. Um, It's interesting. And then, you know, you were talking about uh, uh, how much you drive. And as you were talking and and talking about yourself as a teacher, I realized I should tell people, you know, you've never done anything like this before, I don't think. Uh, Uh, They're under the radar. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I really haven't, Uh, you know, a little back story here too. In uh, my tradition, it's an oral tradition. So all of that orally means you have to show up to, you know, have exchange. And uh, as I have come along and earned my designations, whatever they are. um, Yeah. I also made a commitment to not go commercial. So, you know, as I am questioning with my guides and guardians about how do I deal with this ancestors and still teach and meet those I'm to meet and have them meet who they are supposed to meet and help the earth, how am I to do this? So I do have some leeway to shift some of the ways in which I connect with people. And the modern means of computers and all of that is one of them.
0: Yeah, well, and and allowing uh, me to interview you and and bring you on here. So this is pretty cool. Um,
1: I would not do that unless I trusted you, someone. And I trust you very much. So thank you.
0: Well, the feeling's mutual. So you know, one of the things talking about being on service, just shifting off the pandemic for a minute, you know, you, yeah. uh, you, you know, you're somebody who's, you know, I mean, already just in talking about your commitment to grandmother too and going to New Mexico every month and whatever, but uh, speaks of your commitment, but you know, you've done other things like uh, I believe um, you joined Linda Myers and her group, uh, adopt a native elder yes. uh, and you know, they've been for, is it about 30 years or so supporting Navajo elders? Is that what it is? Can you talk about
1: that? Sure. Linda Myers, um, her organization, Adopt a Native Elder. She and a native woman 30 years ago, uh, collaborated because they discovered that so many of the elders were not being fed on the Navajo reservation in particular. So they created this organization where, they would um, have fundraisers, if you will, and they would gather money, and then they would go and buy food, and they would drive their little truck uh, to different locations on the reservation um, and feed the elders, but also give them food to continue, right? Um, And as Linda will tell this story, uh, she was addressed by some of the elders uh, on the reservation, and they said, "It's great that you come and do this, but you, like all Angles, Anglos, will come and then you'll go and you'll disappear." So that was thirty years ago. Wow. So she continues. Um, I just caught up a little bit last night with her. She continues to uh, twice a twice a year. Mm-hmm um i'm talking to krista here because she also is involved with them Uh, twice a year she loads up trucks in salt lake city with food clothing they typically have a couple of nurses that come and they have simple medical needs uh, that are met beds and walkers uh, you know toilets etc that can help the elders and they go to different locations on the reservation and uh, they go to the community centers generally and the elders, typically their grandchildren or children, bring them and um, they show up in their finery and they're served, we serve them lunch and food and um, then we tell stories and play games with them. They're extremely loving and uh, send them home with supplies to then help them through the next season. Also sending um, uh, food gift certificates through the local grocery store, which is Bosch's down there, or firewood during the winter to help them.
0: Did um, you say sub don't even have running water?
1: Like right. Run water. Most of them don't have running water or electricity. Um, I sponsored a, a couple And in the area that they lived in, and I'm sorry, I don't know the name of this company, but there was a solar company that came out of California, came on the reservation. They initially put uh, solar panels up for, I think about 28 homes, Hogans, right? 28 homes in the Hogans, which allowed them then electricity, and then helped uh, install water. So, one of my elders who was diabetic, within the six months that I saw her, her health had improved immensely just by having running water. Wow. Yeah. So, it's real. It's real. And um, Lyndon, it's all a volunteer organization. Um, She probably has, I don't know, maybe five employees, Mm -hmm. paid employees. The rest of it goes to the elders. So, that continues that exchange, right? So, then the elders will weave or make Gifts and then there's a big rug show in November of every year in Park City. Again, a fundraiser that money goes back into the organization, food, supplies, etc. Um, yeah, and then delivered again.
0: And didn't you, uh, isn't the age like 75 and up for the yes. people to receive the? like that's when you get to be an elder enough to receive the benefit.
1: right. so um, her her most recent statistics are seventy five to a hundred. there were many of the elders I met that were hundred um, and that uh, she has seven hundred right now that she uh, takes care of and addresses and yeah so so
0: you know I'm remiss here because at, with each of my interviews I've asked uh, the person I'm interviewing, you, beforehand to give us an organization that we could donate to and that we could actually ask people since you're doing this, uh, you know, pro bono coming on here and sharing today. um, Is this an organization we could donate to? And is there a formal organization that I could actually put a link up for people?
1: yes it so. would be a lovely organization to donate to um linda in her email address that they are have not been able to go because of the pandemic so they're shifting everything to gift certificates and there's a local um i'm not sure how she set it up but anyway there are funds that can go to and it's a n e uh, adult Adopt a Native Elder program, and um, they have quite a lovely website and information there that people could indeed donate. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that the website ANE program? I think it is. It, it's Adopt a Native Elder. It's
1: Adopt. Yeah. It's spelled out. Yeah. Adopt a Native Elder. Mm-hmm. Great.
0: Adopt a Native Elder. Great. We're going to look it up, and I'm going to post that, and uh, I'll also put it in my next mailing. You know, so that we can support okay. them. Because especially if they're not going out there, they need. You know, with this pandemic. Right. Um, you know, I, I always say uh how much I think about people, you know, how fortunate I realize I am through all of this, you know, and, and thinking about people who uh are either, you know, uh living in third world countries, people which, you know, many natives live like third and third world countries, um in this country right here you know, uh, just also to people with lower income and people who can't go to work. And there's just, it's been, yeah. you know, devastating for so many people. So yeah. uh, this is another group that I imagine it could be devastating for. So I would love to be a part of supporting them. Um,
1: just to add a little bit too, a lot of the elders, um, you know, the young, their daughters or sons go to work. The grandchildren come and stay with the elders. They babysit, and so the food also goes to the children. So it's not just them by themselves typically but a family so um as you know they share yeah they share yeah mm-hmm.
0: so. um the other thing i wanted to ask you about if we can shift gears here
1: yeah
0: uh is you know so how does um uh you know miss Blaza, elder wisdom keeper <laughs> uh, oracle healer uh teacher shift gears and go into building a housing community because <laughs> i do believe you totally shifted into like uh you know general contractor manager of this you know <laughs> <laughs> developer
1: yes yeah, so, well,
0: <laughs> if you can feed us in a little bit of that and tell us a little bit about silverleaf i would love that uh which just to start out and say for people at the front end silverleaf if you want to look it up at all there's a little bit of information i think online about it uh, it's a community in uh, Paonia, Colorado, uh, I've been there, it's, it's kind of cool. Anyway, so if you would sort of like take that on.
1: <laughs> so this was a project that um, came out of uh, conversation and uh, guidance and uh, commitment to be of service. It did come out of commitment to be of service and and i'll tell you a little bit of the story of how uh, one aspect of it so as i'm eldering and i'm very aware of uh, leaving things not leaving things as a blueprint behind i began asking that question what uh, would be a benefit to leave behind i do have a stepdaughter i don't have much family etc so um i went to the desert and was asking um, (laughs) some of the natural world there about what would be important to help mother earth and how can I bridge that wasn't quite that wordy uh, as a Mm -hmm. human. And I was shown that in building part of our difficulty is that it's you know, especially here in the West, that we all live on 100 acres with our little homes and nobody's around. And that's the ideal of a Westerner, right? So how could I help? And the image was uh, much more Pueblo style living. So yes, we have condos now. Um, but it gave me so uh, more detail about that. Oh, if we're really going to change, we need to learn how to condense our physical bodies into less consumption of our natural resources. So building, um, and the word which I did not know, was co-housing. And I had many discussions with Krista and then two of my best friends, Rob and Kathy Crawford. They actually had built two co-housing projects in Steamboat and in uh, general conversation, uh, Rob and Kathy got on board and said, "Oh, that's co-housing." So the beginning of it was definitely still on my path. The next phase, I went screaming and hollering for several years about, <laughs> "I'm not of this, and I'm not of that, and I'm not of this." And out of that, no, I was not the general contractor. Um, Rob knew how to set it up as a developer. That's not a dirty word, as a developer and a conscious developer. Um, and we made a nonprofit, so it was never made for money. In fact, the real contractor and builder would say he didn't make money either but he had the spirit of what we were doing. So um, Paonia on the Western Slope, I spent much of my childhood here and found a uh, lovely piece of land, acre and a half, right in Paonia, maybe five blocks from downtown, seven blocks. And we began the process of uh, city council, found a lovely young architect. We used all the people locally to get this project going. Um, so yes, it is Silverleaf Elder Co-Housing Project, and it was designed to help, again, elders. It was meant to be um, affordable. So given the market today, it is affordable, still On to me, still a little bit on the high end, but still affordable. We use solar, passive solar, Uh, pumice crete in the walls so and uh, environmentally friendly so our contractor was Frederick Zimmer and uh, right on board very very connected young man and stayed with the project Um, so yeah we found our way through it Rob uh, unfortunately passed six months after we started uh, well after we got approval I should say and um, he passed just as we hit the point of which we began to uh, build. And then his wife, Kathy, uh, Krista, and I, so there were four of us that started. And so the women continued, and our contractor, Frederick Zimmer, gave a tremendous amount, as did our designer architect, Mara, um, to see the project through. So, it was finished uh, last year and ten or five of the residents moved in in 2018 and the others of us moved in in 2019 and there's one duplex that actually was, is being finished by an individual. So. That's it's how beautiful. I got until to this other business that I'm not any of these things, right? But, but you
0: did so much of it, I do know that you know, uh, with Rob making his transition, it really a lot of it fell on on uh, you and Krista and Kathy, and it was there was a lot of work involved. I seem to remember on your right. part. <laughs> um, yeah. I was exhausting you- talking to you sometimes. So
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful community uh and i just think it's amazing that you just sort of put your money where your mouth was and went and made it happen uh would you do it again
1: um no no not all those things right i would support anyone else doing that i think i feel it is a vital part of our future is to learn how to do that now i'm not saying that we can teach the humans how to get along because that was the most difficult part you know rob always saw krista and i in those roles well yeah we're still rolling right but that's the most difficult really because we're we don't all think alike we don't all feel alike so bridging those pieces is difficult but the structure itself is a great model for the future as far as i'm concerned yeah
0: And what about uh like um conscious communities coming together to live on on a a land and like maybe building their own places and coming around uh i think uh there was one possibility you might participate in something like that but you know there are other people that are doing it is this something do you think that this is something we'll see more of going forward you know i do
1: do. yes there are (laughs) several uh groups even around this area, Carbondale, uh, Glenwood Springs, down the valley on the western slope more immediately, that yes, it, whether it's a co-housing or a group coming together that does own land and have separate abodes, etc., still coming together perhaps for meals or gardening or sharing resources in that way. So it is a movement, if you will. Mm-hmm
0: yeah i think it's an interesting movement as well you know that's going on uh you know what we have some people who had some questions and you've just been so generous with your time can we let a couple of them on and see if uh what you have to say and then we'll wrap up (laughs)
1: i'll do my best
0: great yeah well i mean but i know that uh marco had a question and uh we're gonna promote him up into a video and let him come on because uh i want to I'm going to hear his question. What he has to say. Oh, and before, just one thing to say in case uh, anybody who's been listening didn't notice uh, in the chat, uh, Lizette managed to put in the actual website uh, for Adopt uh, adopt an Elder, which is just anelder.org. But it's in the chat if you want to.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: And I'll I'll publish it and all that. So, hi, Marco. Hi. Hi, Ms. Blasa. Great, too. Uh, thank you so much for sharing with us today. It's been really wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I usually am very connected to, I would say, like water, inspiration, the north, uh, the ancestors. And usually I'm not so connected to the east and spring mm-hmm. and taking action on or creating, actually taking that first step. And I'm noticing now that I am more connected to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a disconnect between the two, mm-hmm. in terms of bridging, to use the words that you've said many times today, to bridge from the north in the winter to the east in the, in the spring. Uh, and I was just wondering if you had any insights for, like, I feel more creative, but I'm not really connecting the two. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just wanted to know any insight around that.
1: Mm-hmm. And so you've worked with Asa, and you know the medicine wheel, et cetera. Okay, great. Um, let me give you a physical practicality first, because I, just in that brief uh, conversation, I'm not sure I can tell the, what's missing. So, in your practice of coming into the East, make sure you walk the circle without stopping. Right, And when you feel that your body tenses or you feel emotions, stop then and ask yourself, what do I need to do in order to take the next step? And the question is, what do I do physically? How do I adjust emotionally? How do I adjust my mental attitude, perhaps? And what does my soul need? So there's four questions that you would ask when you feel that. And it could be anywhere in the wheel. So let's say you walk around once, you complete, and it was like, ah, not much came up, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Until you really have some sort of body awareness that says, stop here and listen and ask those questions. That may give you an idea of either through other practices you know or working with someone else, that can build that gap for you. Okay. And uh, this is a general statement. So I'm not saying this accusatorily at all, Marco. Typically, when we live in the north, and we love the north, the hardest place for us to be is in the east or south. Part of that is, and you have to ask yourself this, as I do daily. Am I being honest about how I truly feel about humans and what's going on now? And how do I feel my humanness? Do I find it hard to be on this earth right now? And in a way, do I not want to be here? Not that we're out to, you know, off to ourselves, but do I really want to be here? So just a guess at something that might help you.
0: Yeah. Really, uh, really amazing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for the question, Marco. Uh, and I love that in It totally took me back to my childhood because I was definitely a, a North dweller. Uh, oh, we lost her. How did that happen? Or did she get put into the uh, that? Can we find her? <laughs> oh, there she is. All right, she's back. <laughs> I was going to say, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that that just took me back to my childhood because I definitely uh, know that um, uh, when I was a kid, I definitely spent more time among spirit. That's where the Ace of Spirit Walker comes from. When I was one of my teachers, when I was young, used to be like, okay, Spirit Walker, come on uh get down into the get down on your body you know <laughs> um to which I, of course like i always say i used to love you know i'd be like oh yes that's right i'm a spirit walker <laughs> Just reaffirmed by my, my desire to stay there but uh but it took a long time to realize where those blocks were uh and i didn't have the circle then you know it wasn't something uh, i knew to walk would you also say that if somebody doesn't get it on there you know you talk about him walking it again and again and again but but that could also be coming back to it another day, not being discouraged if nothing comes right. in that walk, but knowing absolutely. that it's something you can return to. Yeah,
1: absolutely, uh,
0: yeah. And actually, if you are somebody who walks a circle in general, you probably would be a good idea to not walk the circle for another purpose without returning to that first, to that, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So, mm-hmm. sure. um, yeah. just given the time and what's going on in the world, there's one other thing I just wanted to talk to you about, because I think it's, it's something I learned about from you, which was uh, the Rabbi Salman. Uh, his book, uh, "Aging to Saging," right. and and I did uh, per your suggestion look at it a little bit. And, and what it but it really, um, uh, what I found interesting, you know, he he talks about his own self, sort of, you know, he had a, a deeply spiritual life and was was at a point where he was getting older and starting to find that he had fear of dying and 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 whatnot. And uh, and so he went on a journey. Uh, yeah. and on a spiritual journey into and approached many different cultures Buddhist you know? right. went to, to Nativeism mean, he went in a different directions to sort of return his connection to find a way to, to connect in a healthy way to aging yeah. and uh, and to this last uh, period of his life um, and to bring love into it and heart into it and to to you know really to be able to surrender the anxiety actually and the fear um, what came up to me as I was looking into that you know I originally Wanted to look into this because you had talked about at one point uh a thing called second maturity which was going to be uh about helping elders and people you know the elderly mature uh-huh. you know, when but anyway but what i got out of it as i was looking at this it made me think about this time and the fact that we're seeing things happen on the planet that we've never seen before
1: right you know
0: and uh and and you know i may not yet be an elder but but you know, I'm getting older, I've been around long enough to go, oh wow, you know, this is, there's a lot to take in here. Um, and and not so much that's unknown about where we're going, mm-hmm. you know. And so I guess I just wonder, you know, um, if you talk a little bit about the sacred and maybe some of, you know, whether it's his work or your own work, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, what do, we, what do we do with that now? What's the, what are the important steps as humans watching a world that is changing in a way that there is no, predicting the outcome at this point. You know, we can help to participate in the outcome, but there's no predicting the outcome at this point. You know, can you talk a little bit on this as our final sort of thing for the day, just coming back to the pandemic and these times, you know, it's not just the pandemic.
1: Right, it's not just the pandemic. It really is, and and in a different way, I can be grateful that, again, we have this pause. So, second maturity isn't just about uh, age. I do see it as maturity as a species. So here we are humans being forced out of our adolescence. And uh, you know, compassionately, I say that because I'm human. So here we're being forced out of our adolescence. And in that, being forced out of our adolescence, what we will call on, so dear elders, whatever your age, doesn't matter, that you would be willing to support those coming up so for example right now i'm teaching the young ones what i call the young ones say 20s to 50s stepping out of my of what i thought i was going to retire ho-ho right stepping out to pass on wisdom now what's my wisdom well my wisdom is about how to deal with fear how to deal with the unknown how to hold solid and steady, and be able to manage what is coming next that we don't know. Still teaching, calling on their own resources, much before I would have ever wanted to teach this to these young ones, right? but they need it so my encouragement is to whatever age you are and you have some experience and you have some knowledge that you pass it on even if it's in a brief conversation with someone then it's not like i remember when it's more like oh i've experienced change in my life and i didn't know what was coming and this is how i dealt with it you might try that so i do feel in this Center for, Center for uh, Second Maturity really was about that, from adolescence to maturity as a species. Taking on a responsibility to Mother Earth, taking on let's shift our actions to include every being as best we can, teaching on compassion, teaching on kindness, learning how to deal with our outrageous emotions better. And, and have some sort of practice that's different than just um, emoting, right? But a practice that includes more kindness and compassion to self, more kind and, kindness and compassion to others. So it has a great, uh, much broader uh, meaning than just elders, right? It does have passing on wisdom, no matter what your age pass it on and hope that it helps. And if you need help, find your, find your tribe to help you too, right? It is much more about that community mind physically with humans as well as our networking, our listening to our animal, creature, friends, supporters on earth. So, does that help?
0: I love everything you said and yeah you gave me more than i could have hoped for uh but the center for second maturity does not exist correct
1: it was not an yet. idea
0: that does not exist yet is it still something that may happen
1: well uh krista and i are talking about we've been a little sidetracked with silverleaf <laughs> right
0: if you uh, it could be, I'll tell you, if you would ever consider it, could be a, a great online thing and not just a physical, you know, if could have a physical location, but it would be a great online thing. I think that, you know, and one of the things I, th- I think when we look at the world and you said as far as like humanity as adolescence, you know, I talk about this often, which is, you know, we, we really haven't matured much since caveman days in the way that we deal with survival and the way that we deal with conflict and, and right. whatnot. So while we've evolved greatly in our abilities in the world and to create, you know, we haven't evolved very much in our response to conflict, you know, or adversity, you know, and how we balance. And so I think it's just such an important thing. And, and it's interesting, because I think, you know, back in, you know, uh, when I was a kid and before, you know, there was this hierarchy between adults and children, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there was this, you know, formality. And I think in some ways, know we we rejected it because there was a little bit of a separation you know there was a little bit of like a less than and above more than and and that boundary got broken as as my generation for sure got older we sort of like ah you know and it became much more casual but it almost meant the other extreme where where it's so casual that that we forget you know we we sometimes expose our kids to our fears a little too much or to our anxieties and we forget that we're there to also lead and, and hold a space you know for our children and i think that spreads into the community and how we interact with one another. Uh, And one of the things I think can help people as a whole is to realize as members of the community, we can choose to stand up as leaders. And it doesn't mean, I think there's something really powerful, we can not return back to the type of leadership that says I'm above you, you know, to stay authentic and true, and, and to not be like, we have to necessarily hide what we're feeling. But at the same time, to not sink into that feeling as well to say, like, yes, I am feeling this. And how do we come together? as a community and and it's one of the things i'm not hearing enough in politicians and leaders across the globe is is you know how do we come together where's the we in this um we that has room for the eye right we have to be the eye yes we that has
1: room for the eye right yeah
0: so it has been such a pleasure i have a question uh so i know that that has been the non uh non-commercial sort of under the radar uh, if there are people that have been joining in on this and listening, is there a way to find them and connect with you or or uh, with your lineage? Or is this, you know, is, they should be grateful for for this. And if you do something, we'll find out later. I'll let them know if you do a, a online maternity or something. But
1: Right. Um, at this point, Asa, it would be through you if you would be so kind. I uh, don't have a website that's not where I'll head. Um, and yes, I am offering some classes to some folks that I've worked with before. Um, and I'll continue to do some of that and I'll see what comes next, you know. But,
0: but you are open. If somebody was to come through and wanted to connect with you, you're open. Yes. Them, right? yes. That's really the, the main thing.
1: Yes. So,
0: thank you so much for being here today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm truly really grateful.
1: Thank it was you. was a wonderful
0: day there in Colorado. Yes. Uh, and definitely give Krista a hug for me and send my best. And Soji,
1: Soji, <laughs> thank you. And Miss Lizette, thank you so much. And be well, all of you. Be safe in your own beingness. Be warm, be fed, and share. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Bye bye for now. Mm-hmm.